Welcome to Research Uncensored, a podcast by Research FDI, your trusted investment attraction and business intelligence partner. Join me, Bruce Tackefman, and my co-host, Amber Hunter, as we bring you behind the scenes with economic development professionals around the world. We're going to find out the real stories behind the project wins and get to know some of the top players in the game today. We would like to thank the Next Move Group for sponsoring today's podcast. Next Move Group helps small to medium-sized companies, communities, and organizations create economic growth through executive searches that assist economic development organizations with hiring quality EDO professionals. They also provide site selection services to manufacturers, in addition to a suite of products designed to help organizations be successful. Welcome to another episode of Research Uncensored. Joined as always by my co-host, Amber Hunter. Hi, Bruce. How are you doing today? Feeling kind of grateful. How are you doing? I'm feeling pretty grateful, too. Should we tell our listeners what we're celebrating? Absolutely. So our our episode with Jeff Finkel generated a thousand listens. So we want to thank you, the Research Uncensored fans, for making our podcast a huge success. Thank you so much. You know, it's been over a year of both of us, you know, stuck as everyone else with the pandemic. So it's been really great to know that these these conversations are, you know, they're reaching people and, and there's there's viewers that are interested and young professionals especially reach out to us all the time and say that, you know, they really enjoy learning more about the economic development industries via our podcast. So I'm I'm really proud of what we're doing. And, I, you know, are we viral? A thousand listeners? I think we are. Uh, well, we'll take it. But one thing, you know, one, one email we get, one uh, question emails we get all the time from fans is when are you going to have uh, guests or uh, people from outside of the United States and Canada? So today will be finally be that day because we have Courtney Marcuson, the uh, editor in chief of FDI Alliance magazine, will be joining us today from across the pond. Absolutely. He is a Londoner and I'm very excited to have him on the line and hear more about how he, you know, started this publication from the ground up to, you know, the level that it has been today. So let's dial him in without any further ado. All right, let's welcome our next guest from across the pond, Courtney Marginson. Welcome to the program. How you doing? I'm very, very well, Bruce. Um, thank you very much for having me. Um, thank you. Welcome, Amber. And um, I'm good. Probably not as warm over here as, as you guys, but but um, here in Britain, we're, we're fine. Plugging away, just come out of our our um, third lockdown. So looking forward to getting back to um, some form or some type of normality, as they say. Yeah, I, I see that the United Kingdom is doing well with its vaccination program. Can you talk a little bit about, about the situation currently in the United Kingdom? Well, yeah, we've had we've had a quite quite a, a successful rollout. I think um, a th- half of our population have now been vaccinated, um, most of which have had their first um, vaccines. I know you guys know that it's a two-part two-part process. So the majority of the country have had their, their first part, and now they're, they're inviting the over 45s to, to come and take their vaccines. But I think I think just over 24 million people have been, been vaccinated to date. I'm not sure. 100 percent of the numbers but the rollout's good is effective and, and we're starting to see some type of path to a way back to normality well that sounds great so could you tell our listeners in north america all about yourself well i'm courtney margotson um from britain um foreign direct investment has been um something that i've been very very passionate about um i have great family i have a son and um you know for me personally just just a, a really strong team player and someone who tries to provide solutions to problems, hence while we're on the, on the phone today talking about FDI Alliance. 
Perfect. And, and thank you again, Courtney, for joining us. Really appreciate it. I believe you started the FDI Alliance magazine. Can you tell us about how it came to be and what it was like getting it up from the ground? I, I was always um, working for sales operations. We call them space jockeys here in London. So I was always a space jockey um, looking for opportunities in sales. Um, thought I was always good in that industry. So I, I started my, my path um, at um, a company called British American Business, which was designed to, to um, identify the relationship or the transatlantic relationship between British companies and European companies and British companies and, and American companies. So um, I started off there with a company called Roxby Media, and it was just selling um, advertising in magazines, um, as, as you do, and, and get a good, um, you know, healthy commission on, on that every every month, um, depending on how, how well you performed. So I've done that for, for a while, and um, it was always in the foreign direct investment economic development um, avenues. And one day I said to, to my boss, after working, working for him for about nine years, um, said, I think we could potentially do a magazine focusing on economic development and sites and, and everything else. At the time, he was working at a magazine. It was just a finance magazine, so it was quite broad. Um, he said, Courtney, I'm um, not quite sure about that. We, If you carry on selling for us, we'll talk about that in a few years' time. So I thought his only incentive was, was to have you know, the salespeople generate revenue for his business. So then I went to work for another company called Inc. Publishing, um, who had a contract with CNBC. And um, my, my role there was to keep executives up to date with the most um, current important information in business whilst traveling. So I was there for a while. Um, we, we launched um, a, a project called Invest in America. And um, then after CNBC, I decided to, to start my own business. And um, FDI Alliance was, 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 was the first um, you know, name that we came up with, that I came up with, and um, decided to, to, to do my own magazine and to distribute it in a way that I thought would work for the industry to look at our competitors and see what was missing in the industry. So that was how it was formed. It was all about having the experience in sales, knowing the process, um, understanding that the industry of FBI and site selection needed to be um, serviced in a different way. And I just um, decided to, to, to take the plunge and, and go for gold. Now, uh, your magazine really uh, relies on collaboration uh, within the industry. How far around the world have you reached out to find collaboration? What's been the response overall to this collaboration and by the way we really appreciate it being part of the last edition as well fantastic um i mean the response has been very overwhelming i use the word overwhelming um because you know when you you have an idea and, and, you, and you want to penetrate um different worlds or different parts of the world different industry sectors um we we, we do a lot of business and a little a lot of collaborative efforts in, in obviously north america um china um you know europe is, is, is one of our main hubs um, and, and, and what we what we found is that um, throughout the, the pandemic, our partnerships and our, our collaborative efforts became stronger. And, and, and the reason for that is our, our distribution channel essentially before the pandemic was very, very much geared to um, conferences, meet and greets, physical um, meetings and, 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 and hotels that all went you know, it, it almost we almost lost everything when 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 the, the the COVID nineteen pandemic hit us. So we had to think very fast on our feet, and and those came about by 
we decided to, to, to change the, the whole way we distributed the magazine and formed collaborative partners with organizations like yourself, um, guys that were very, very um, you know, keen and, and, and involved and, and also very, very um, nourished in the foreign direct investment industry. And obviously the experience partner with you guys and, and have you guys educate our, our guys with, with, with your expertise. And, and as, and as a, and in return, what you guys would do is, is share our platforms with your message. So for us, the partnerships have come, most of the partnership have, partnerships have come within the last 16 months. And, and that's, that's, you know, given us a new, a new realm of life per se to, to reach the people that, that we know that our clients are, are always trying to reach. So that, that's how that, that scenario came about, Bruce. Well, that's interesting because it kind of leads me to my next question, you know, and as you're an expert in marketing and, and we've seen this massive transition from, you know, the in-person, the conferences, what do you think is the future of, you know, investment promotion agencies of economic developers kind of marketing their region? Um, how, how are they able to effectively showcase, you know, their, their value proposition and their strengths, you know, without maybe relying as much as we used to on just jumping on a plane, so to speak? I mean, I think that's a great question. I mean, I, I, I know, you know, many years ago and, and, and leading up to last year, you know, that the, the process was uh, an investor or a site selector would, would have their eyes on a certain location, visit the location, spend some time with the economic development directors over there. And um, whether, whether the deal went left or right, um, there, there was a lot of elements of, um, I'm not going to use the word wastage, but I'm going to use the word you know, non qualifying in that sense but i think what's happened now um i think i think economic development directors have an opportunity or economic development professionals period have an opportunity to really um penetrate the the, the social media or the digital world and really home in on the facts of targeting who they need to reach um the types of people that 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 need to be doing business in their communities i think these things can be done very very effectively from having a strong marketing campaign, from having strong targeted campaigns, and really reaching those business owners or those investors, stroke site selectors who have an interest in, in, in investing in, in their industry sectors, regardless of whether they've physically been to that location. I think a lot more work will be done now virtually, digitally, and I think platforms like ours allow allow economic development directors to really or should I say site selectors and economic development directors to 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 at least have that qualifying process before much of their of their funds are spent on, on locations that they may not may not pull the trigger on. So I think things will change and I think a lot more qualifying, a lot more um, things will be done from the comfort of of homes and zooms and and, and virtual tours before before people are are, are spending all that money with you know investigating or doing due diligence on, a, on an area or location that may not be be the one that they're looking for. So I think things will change in that in that respect. Now, Courtney, it's been quite the past few years in the United Kingdom. Uh, what are your thoughts on, Bre on Brexit now that the dust has settled? Uh, do you foresee any major impacts to the UK's ability to attract FDI? I think the UK um, will always be a, a, a great um, country and a, a great location for FDI. Um, we stand alone on our own two feet. I think the implications of Bre Brexit have both positive and negative effects. But I, by, by, I do, I do think more that that as the as we stand on our own two feet, more countries 
will, and I'm talking about outside of Europe, um, will, will, will start to, to partner with us more. I think we've seen or will see more investment coming into the United Kingdom from outside of Europe than before. And I think, I think Brexit, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I, I was pro Brexit and I think we should stand in our own two feet. However, I understand that some of the European allegiances um, may, may falter as a result of that. But I, I think that in time it will, it will balance itself out. And I think, I think it will, will be, will be good for the, for, for us in, in, in the UK. Thank you, Courtney. So London is obviously one of the most famous cities in the world. Um, humble brag, I was actually born there in the East End myself. Um, it well, is, in the East End? Yeah, wow. in Mile in okay. Myland. <laughs> um, that's East East London. East London, Myland, just next to Brick Lane and Plaster. I know the area very well. Really? Yeah. So I was there and I lived there till I was two with my mom and dad. And um, so we're we're a major, major fan of London uh, in, in our household. But you know, London attracts lot of attention uh, nationwide and i was wondering are there any other regions within the uk that you think are kind of in the prime for the taking uh, in terms of attracting industry of course yes um reading um reading is is very very up and coming um great place in, in the uk for business um you've also got up north in manchester manchester is now becoming a new hotspot. So you have Manchester. Um, there's a lot of lot of business happening in Manchester, particularly. I think. I think personally, if I was to set up business in 2021 in the UK, then I would look to Reading and Manchester. The transportation system is is great um, from from suburbs into into the city. The the, the community's thriving. Um, the corporate the, the the talent that that's coming into those areas. Uh, it is very, very strong. The workforce is very strong there. And um, they've got a large, large segment and cluster of entrepreneurs, um, you know, s- s- planting their seeds in, in those in those regions. So I would say Reading and, and Manchester, for, for me, were the two um, hotspots to, to keep your eye on in, in the UK, Reading and Manchester. Absolutely. And and fun note, I lived in Manchester for seven years and that's where my dad lived. And, you know, I, I went in 2019 before before everything, before the world changed. And I was just really blown away by how much Manchester's developed. You know, it's just such a beautiful downtown core. It's really, really come a long way in the past 10 years, as well as Liverpool. Um, so, and, and the West Midlands, little shout out, because they're, they're a client of ours. Of course. <laughs> is, your, is your dad a Manchester United fan or a Manchester City fan? He, he, he's a United fan, and uh, he, he lives in, well, we're from Salford, Manchester. And uh, right, it's, right. A, it's a city area, but he chose to be a United fan. So I was born into it. People always say, you know, are you city? It's like, I, I didn't, cho- I didn't, you know, you don't have a choice. You're born into your, <laughs> your club. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's the truth. You're born, you're born into the team you support, especially, especially if you're a Manchester United fan, you definitely can't go around supporting Manchester City. That would be a no-go. Yeah, that would but be, Manchester, uh, that would be. It's That's a very, very strong place. The development's great. Um, the, 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 the property is affordable. Um, the business climate is, is thriving. You know, the incentive, pre- the incentive programs for, for businesses are great. And, and more importantly than anything else, the quality of life in Manchester is great. So, so I would definitely say Manchester is, is probably a great hotspot. Now, uh, the most recent issue of the FDI Alliance magazine is all about the future of work. So, again, we appreciate being guest contributors and, and giving you our thoughts about the work from home trend. Now, what are your personal thoughts on the work from home trend post-pandemic? Well, I love it. I mean, I'm, if I could choose between, between you know, 
working from home and working in, a, in an office environment now, I, I would I'd probably um, take a 70-30 split. So 70% of my work would be at home, um, 30% would be in the office. And I think that um, I, I think that what's happened here is, is a shift in alignment. So companies are understanding that they can achieve the same amount of productivity with 25 staff that they've as they've been achieving with 125 staff. I, th- I think the future of work is is interesting. I think I think a, a lot more um, entrepreneurs and millennials will, will use this opportunity to to make their their platforms um, pandemic proof. Um, I, I think a lot a lot more will be online and digital, um, and, I, and I really think that 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 what what will happen in the economy globally is that people will, will realign themselves to to, to 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 adjust accordingly. So I think I think it's positive. Uh, I'm pro remote working but i also also um you, you know you can never lose that culture of being in an office environment um getting dressed up and going to work so i think as long as we can we can merge the two and i think companies especially our company we will we will um you know take that that approach because at the end of the day um productivity and, and results are key so 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 that as long as we understand that you know we're, we're still in a work environment i, th- I think that it has a lot of um, benefits as opposed to negatives. So I'm I'm pro remote working as long as it has the same culture and the same essence as, as working in in the office as as much as we can achieve it. I'm I'm, I'm pro pro remote working. I'm with you. Uh, you know, before the pandemic, and I never thought uh, I would come around to this, but now I, I really believe the hybrid model is what's going to uh, be the the normal pa- post pandemic. You know, our, all our European staff went home, so it's, it's creating advantages for us from a time zone perspective to attract for direct investment. So we're seeing the benefits of it. It may not be right. a negative thing at all. It allows flexibility for the work-life balance that you hope your employees could achieve. Uh, right. I, I agree. I think, you know, you have to have that culture in the office. It's very important, but maybe you could find that balance in, in a hybrid system. And I think that's the future for our company, at least, and we'll see what happens moving forward. And, and Bruce, I also think, you know, um, and I'm a father, so I also think when, when, when you're at work sometimes, you leave home at maybe 8 o'clock, get to the office at 9, um, and you may, you may finish at 6, ha- have a project on, and you finish it, you don't get home until 8. So so you miss that that time with the kids. I, th- I think if, if you can master your time and and, 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 and effectively utilise or manage your time, I, I think the, 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 the work-life balance um, would 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 I'd favour the the seventy percent remote working because it allows me as 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 a, as a business owner to to um, manage my time even even more so and still have the benefits of of what I enjoy most, which is spending time with my son. Exactly, you know uh, this whole pandemic. You know, uh, I, I complain about it all the time and about not being able to travel, but I've been able to take my son to uh, daycare every day, and I see him when he gets home, and you spend a lot of quality time on the weekend. Before, you're kind of on the road uh, every, every couple of weeks, so you kind of miss the quality right. time. Ever, ever since he's been two years old, I've kind of gotten to spend time with him every day. So I think that quality time is one of the blessings of COVID, if you could take any of it. I mean, it's been terrible, but at least you can kind of enjoy the time with your nuclear family. And you still, and, and the good, and, and the benefit of that, Bruce, is you still get your, your revenues done, your objectives done, your forecasts met. So you still get your, you know, your, your work quotas are still hit, the boxes are still ticked, and, and, and you spent more time with, with, with your family. So I, I think a lot of people will really start to look at their overheads, look at their cost mines, look at their, their margins and say, this is what we need to do. Whether, you know, some companies have, have, have taken the approach, if you can do it better from home, that's fine. Stay at home. We'll pay you to get the job done. As long as it's done, 
then you, you you can do it. So I, I think I think a lot of companies will 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 um, fluctuate between between both both extremes. But I'm I'm like I said, I'm definitely seventy percent remote and thirty percent office for for um, bias reasons. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. Is there any ways that you could tell our listeners if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to find the latest edition of FDI Alliance magazine, uh, just uh, how they can reach you? Okay, um, I'm always contactable. Um, the, the easiest way to contact me is is normally by LinkedIn. I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. I like to keep connected with um, businesses in that industry and more importantly, keep connected with the people that I do business with. So LinkedIn is, is the ultimate way to, to or the, the easiest way to reach me, if not email. Um, FDI, you can find FDI Alliance International on um, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, our website, which is www.fdialliance.int.com, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you can also subscribe to our to our to our publication through our website, which will give you um, the magazine in in print every every quarter. So there there are many ways you can, you can connect with us. And alternatively, you could you could um, you could use Zoom. Perfect. We will. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Courtney. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, for all the listeners out there, be sure to check out the latest edition of FDI Alliance magazine. That's all about the future of working from home. Uh, very topical. Uh, and as you can see, it's a relevant conversation. So thanks again, Courtney, and uh, have a great day. Amber, Bruce, thank you very, very much for, for your time today. Thank you very much for inviting me on this great show. And I look forward to much more collaborative efforts. And I look forward to working with you guys in the future. So thank you very much for your time today. Absolutely. Thank Thanks, you. Gordon. Thank you all for tuning in. You can find us on the web at www.researchfdi.com, on LinkedIn, and on Twitter at ResearchFDI. Tune in next week as we have another guest from the economic development world. 